Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. She isn't afraid to dissect an issue, even if it ruffles some feathers. With Global Top Talkers, here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for our Global Talkers. Let's bring them in. Scott Thompson, who you can hear at our Global News Radio, AM 900, CHML in Hamilton, and Craig Needles of Global News Radio 980. Hello, guys. Hello, Alex. Hi, Hello, Alex. Craig. Hello, hello. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's got everyone's hair on fire. The Ford government canceling a $100 million fund earmarked for school repairs. This money was uh, supposed to come from the canceled cap and trade. It was put in, uh, I guess, in April. The board is losing its mind because while schools have been crumbling for 15 years, apparently this $100 million is going to just crush them. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you on this. The province has a $15 billion backlog in repairs. That is far more offensive than what the school boards are making a fuss out Well, you know what, Alex? Now that we've canceled this cap and trade, I think we're going to have to shut down the province. It appears <laughs> that it has been financing everything that we do. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, where the hell was all this money before cap and trade? How did they, where did the money come from to fix the schools back then? They weren't, because it's $15 billion in the exactly. hole. <laughs> so what do we do? Do we just keep throwing good money after bad because the program's not working here? This is about ca- cancelling cap and trade. This isn't about the problems in the schools. Those are a separate issue. Those need to be addressed, and I'm sure will be. But again, this is another perfect example, and I've said it forever, of the Kathleen Wynne liberals using green money, mm. your green consciousness, just to pay for general general uh, repairs, Stuff. general needs of the government. Yeah. And that's where this thing has gone completely off the rails. The AG, the uh, Federal Accountability Office, they all said many experts this is unsustainable so what do we do just keep spending yeah we've been paying craig some very expensive band-aid fixes on a problem that look when mike harris got voted out of office a lot of the narrative was about crumbling schools they were falling apart and this education government came in and they didn't do a damn thing about it now because now we're looking at it saying you close 600 schools in your uh, tenure and you've got all this this backlog in repairs yeah, it's uh, it's not good, and I, I I don't think it's necessarily fair to point the finger at Doug Ford and company and say, oh, it's your fault that our schools are a mess. Clearly, the the fact that we allowed the situation to get this bad is a problem. However, now that Doug Ford has the keys to the metaphorical car here, he's got to find a way to do something about this. And yeah, yeah one point three billion is still going to school repairs. That's fine, but that number's got to be more on the list of things that I want a provincial government to accomplish. Basically, healthcare and education, in some order, are one two and schools that are not falling apart is a pretty important part of this now you can get a lot of this money you need as far as that 15 billion if you were to just do the gutsy political thing and just put a kibosh to the separate school system that we have for no particular reason in this province Ooh, that's probably, well. <laughs> hey, that's, 
I've been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been saying this for years. That's something that if, if the Green Party's been talking about it for a long time. That's something that if one of the three main parties have the gut. Yeah, that that might too. require a bit more uh, a bit more work and and opening up the charter. But but they could save an hey, awful lot of money by opening up the boards and then and... we're talking about almost two billion a year so right but you want to fix some schools you can do that sure but we know through past reporting that let's say the toronto board which is filled with more fat um you know than than you know a kid on a smarty and mm-hmm. you've got all these people working there you've got pe- pencil sharpeners being put into schools uh, f- at four hundred dollars a cost yeah, like you've that. got there there's so much waste within the boards themselves oh. I, I don't dispute that yeah. for a second, but I think that that, that, that would be, a, again, I know it's easier said than done. I, I assure you of that, but I, I think that would be a significant way to get rid of some of this waste if all of a sudden you didn't have two people doing the same job for two different boards in the same city. But yes, I don't dispute for a second that there is a lot of money that goes out the door that doesn't need to. Scott? Uh, again, who knew the Green Energy Act was designed to finance all the government uh, problems? What, that it was a slush fund? Imagine yeah, that. exactly. And, and again, as Craig and, and you have pointed out, what they've been in power for 15 years. Why all of a sudden we're canceling cap and trade? All these other things are coming down. It, come on. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a bit rich for me. Yeah, well, let's talk about, um, you know, critics are all up in arms because uh, the government today announced what its priorities are going to be for a summer session. And one of it was ending that work, uh, that strike of the York University students, cap and trade, canceling also a wind farm that has been very controversial, um, you know, in south southwestern Ontario. Uh, and all the reporters wanted to know about was, when are you firing the guy from Hydro? Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig, I mean, I, I have no doubt that that guy's going. I, I just don't expect it to be on day number one. Well, isn't that something that Doug Ford said, that it'd be going to be one of the first things that he did? Um, Apparently it's underway. Apparently they're working on it. Well, here's what I would say is that was more complicated than Doug Ford made it sound for yep. the entirety of the, 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 basically you don't get rid of guys that are making 6 million bucks without there being some sort of legal and contractual stuff. Uh, I talked to Tom Adams, independent energy analyst. He knows mm-hmm. our system as well as anybody. He says that the reality is firing the guy making 6 million bucks is going to make much of a difference. It's a nice political thing, but it's yep. not going to make much of a difference. So I understand why Ford is not in a rush to do that. I don't understand why he promised it during the campaign, but our hydro system is such a mess. I don't care who was elected this past time around, it's going to be a disaster. We're going to be paying large bills for a long time because of the way this was handled. So whether the person at the top is making $6 million, $2 million, or $12 million, I don't know if it necessarily is going to matter all that much in the long run. We're in a real bad way. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more work to be done on it, uh, Scott. But, I mean, I think in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten a pretty firm, um, you know, example of how this government's going to run. And they're planning on, on doing what they were elected to do, which is austerity. Absolutely. And what the opposition is going to do, whether it's the NDP or the Liberals, are uh, are they still a party? Um, <laughs> what, uh, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to pull up all of these wacky things that Doug Ford said and say, come on, you're going to do it? You're going to do it? And again, in regard to the, the Hydro One $6 million man, it's not about firing him as as Craig said, those are those are issues that, uh, that that accountants are working out. It's not about that. It's about the change in attitude. It's about someone caring about what the guy makes, as opposed to you know, as opposed to Kathleen Wynne just blowing it all off and going, well, you know, we're going to look into it and see what all happens. And as far as you know, the cap and trade, the York strike, uh, the York strike, and then now uh, the you know the wind farm deal being canceled. Great. That's what exactly. That's exactly what Ontario voted for. But you're hearing you're hearing the narrative. I mean, both of you are hearing the narrative. It's that it doesn't matter what day it is. I mean, they were doing this on day one. It's everything's going to be an outrage. Everything with this government's going to be an outrage. 
Yes, and exactly. And they should spend, and, and much like the Democrats in the U.S., they should spend time looking inward as to why they got beat, as opposed to throwing this stuff around. Nobody wants to hear this. We've been listening to it for 15 years. Give it a rest. Look inward. Solve the problem. Craig? I I think that from the perspective of, hey, you promised this during the campaign, you said you were going to do it early on. I've got no problem with the opposition going to uh, those particular things. Like, hey, Ford, it's been 14, it's, it hasn't even been six days. He was only sworn oh, I, in like I a week that, ago. But when he's tagging promises with, it's the first thing I'm going to do when I get there. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, I, I just, but from the perspective of, what does he have a mandate to do? Yeah, he had a mandate to cancel cap and trade. It might necessarily not necessarily work out as far as the legal aspect of it goes, the Supreme Court, but he absolutely had the mandate to cancel cap and trade. That was a key part of his platform. That, that was one of the few parts that we actually knew about. Mm-hmm. And he said repeatedly, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. And people of the province voted for him in significant numbers. So I've got no problem with him doing that because that's his mandate. Last point to you, Scott. Uh, again, you know, we're Canadians. We're all conscious of the environment. We all want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. What we need to know is that the money and the energy that we're spending on this is being used efficiently and, and the way that taxpayers uh, want the money to be spent. That's all we're looking for is transparency on, on all of this, and I think that's where it went off the rails for the wind government. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the truck driver in um, Humboldt, uh, that case. He has 29 charges. 16 deaths, uh, you know, linked. He got bail today, which doesn't surprise me, $1,000 bail. But this is the kind of stuff, Craig, that really, really angers people. Yeah, I, I understand why it angers people just based on the, the numbers and how high profile the case is. Mm-hmm. Now, how often does someone even have to pay $1,000 bail in a traffic case? Yeah. I know that this is more high profile than basically any traffic case we ever had in Canada, but how often does someone even have to pay that much bail in a traffic case? So I think based on what we can expect from this type of legal situation, the judge came down as hard as the judge could based on the number of dollars here. I don't think this person's a flight risk. I don't think this person's a danger to the public as long as this person is not behind the wheel of a vehicle. So I don't necessarily have a huge objection to this person not being behind bars. It's not like this is someone who assaulted someone, murdered someone, whatever it happens to be. This person's not a public danger. Well, no. Uh, look, I'm not going to convict the guy uh, on air, certainly, but uh, the optics, I mean, these are not small charges, Scott. These no. are the 29 charges, and, and given its high profile, um, it, this is the kind of stuff that people just go, really? Again, you know, uh, not to draw the comparison, but this is uh, this is not a, a situation where a family is killed by a drunk driver. Um, this is a situation where there was no intent. There doesn't appear at this point to be any sort of uh, malice. He made a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. Uh, but this guy's head on a platter isn't going to solve anything or bring anything back. What we need to do is concentrate on how we got to this spot. How did an accident happen in the middle of nowhere when the only two vehicles there were these two. We've got to look into consistent driver training across the country to make sure that the people who are operating these gigantic vehicles have the knowledge, have the training that is needed to to do so. And and I think we should focus more on that, more on education. Of course, this has to go through the courts. Humboldt needs to know what, what happened. They need to know the whole story. This man will have to pay the price in some form, but his head on a platter isn't going to solve anything. And at the end of the day, what's most important is that we learn from this and then we make sure that the adequate training is provided for these drivers. That would be refreshing. Uh, guys, I got to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. 
Always a pleasure. Scott Thompson joining us and Craig Needles as well. You can listen to them. Global News Radio in Hamilton as well as London. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson and this is Global News Radio.